Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. CIO CS, Soup 5, ITES SW2, 2GIT. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges, and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at Connection.com slash FedContracts. I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm here with my friend Louie today. Jackie couldn't be with us. She has an ongoing family emergency. Jackie, our thoughts are with you and we'll see you soon. Before we start, I wanted to announce that my little girl got her first vaccination and she handled it like a trooper. We went to the hospital and she she needed a minute, but after they gave her a minute, they gave her the shot, she shed a tear and then that was it. It was like it never happened. Her arm was a little sore for a couple of days, but other than that, no reaction. She was great and I'm very proud of her. I guess that beats me getting my third dose on uh, Halloween day. Uh, I also did not cry, and um, I did get a bit of a, <laughs> I did get a bit of a reaction uh, the next day. Um, actually, it was less than my second uh, my second dose of I I I've been taking the Moderna, so my second dose of the Moderna um, did give me a little bit of fever. Uh, this one, I thought I had a, a fever, and every time I checked, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure how much of it was me just expecting to get sick and not getting sick, or actually feeling a twinge of something and jumping in. So anyway, I'm glad I got that behind me. Uh, by now, the immunity uh, has kicked in, and I did not get a lollipop. Um, she didn't get a lollipop either. Yeah. She did not get a lollipop. Yeah. We, we don't do lollipops anymore. It's yeah. too much sugar. We don't reward kids with sugar yeah. anymore. Yeah, At least was, I don't believe so. Yeah. It was actually a very crowded day at the pharmacy uh, uh-huh. for New York City residents. It was the last day that New York City workers could get vaccinated without getting in trouble in their jobs. So you know how the human population is. Why do things today when you can wait until the last minute? So literally it was hundreds of people just showing up and demanding vaccines, appointments, <laughs> no appointments, masks. I need it for work. No masks. You uh, don't understand. We don't understand. I need it for work. I held out this long, but now I'm going to do it because I need it for work. I so, can't show up to work tomorrow without it. So anyway, I did my 15-minute uh, obligatory wait in my uh, vehicle because there was just no room in I the pharmacy. I can't believe they allowed people with no masks on in the pharmacy. But you know what? It, that's that's the times we're living in now. Basically, I was hiding in aisle six. I mean, literally hiding in aisle six until somebody called my name because I just didn't want to be in that section. But, you know, to each their own, some people were, were fine with that. I would say about 70% of the people wore masks and about 30% did not. So anyway, number well, three for congratulations. me. Congratulations. I'm you. glad you got it done. And once they uh, open it up, I shall get mine done too. Okay. If they just stop fronting and let me just get it done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be nice. I can join you all. Anyway, on to the medical news of the week. So um, Aaron Rodgers, we are kind of aware what happened with or didn't happen with Aaron Rodgers, more apropos. 
Um, the New York Times covered this and they say, this spring, Aaron Rodgers was auditioning to be the host of Jeopardy. Nearly every day, he pops up on television ads for national brands like State Farm Insurance. And on Sundays this fall, he has led the Green Bay Packers to a division best 7-2 record. The Green Bay Packers quarterback is not just the NFL's reigning most valuable player. He's a celebrity who transcends the nation's most popular sport, a household name on par with likes of Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. So when news broke that he tested positive for the coronavirus and was unvaccinated, Rogers justified his decision to not get vaccinated by speaking out against the highly effective vaccines and spewing a stream of misinformation, their words, not mine, and junk science. Medical professionals were disheartened, not just because it will make it harder for them to persuade adults to get vaccinated, but because they have also started to vaccinate five to 11 year olds. So there's nothing that I can say that hasn't already been said about Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, I heard he went on a humble pie. Um, he went on a humble pie um, mission trying to clean yeah. up what he did mm -hmm. on YouTube. Well, humble pie. You know, it's kind of funny that his humble pie lasted exactly as long as his suspension from the, or I, I'm not going to call it suspension, his camp play for the NFL lasted. And the. Did he uh, even have to quarantine the entire time? Yes, he had a quarantine. Okay. Uh, he was asymptomatic the entire time. Mm -hmm. uh, once he tested uh, negative, uh, I think two or three times, they let him back on the team. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is that he was eating humble pie while State Farm was rethinking his status. As soon as State Farm decided, eh. They probably said, okay, you've got to clean this up, Aaron. You've yeah. got, we want to work with you, but you've got to clean this up. <laughs> so all of us that watch football out there in the football universe, the metaverse, or whatever we want to call it, did not have the ability to see an Aaron Rodgers State Farm commercial, the, you know, the deprivation of that. Mm. That said, he's back. Uh, they reinstated him, and, you know, I, I don't agree with it, but... I will say, though, that the fine they gave him is laughable relative to the damage he's done by lying, and then by doubling down and reflecting instead of just owning up to his decision. Like, there are other athletes who straight out said, I'm not getting vaccinated, and you can live with that. It's like, all right, you were upfront about it and you have to do things a little differently. And those concessions were made for them to fly a different flight, mm -hmm. make sure you wear your mask, et cetera, et cetera. But when you lie outright like that, I mean, so many people look up to players like him uh, and follow his lead. And Wisconsin is only about 58% fully vaxxed at this point. So, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of at a loss. The other thing I will say is that, you know, you, when we talked about it, you were up in arms that State Farm kept him finally. Mm -hmm. And my response to you was, what did you expect? I, that, that I, is, I expect justice. I, I mean. But that is State Farm's mm -hmm. market. That's where their bread is buttered. They would anger their, I would venture to say that a lot of the, the regions that they cover have large amounts of unvaccinated people who they would anger by getting rid of someone like Aaron Rodgers. Well, th this is so wrong. They're so not a ways. coastal company. Yeah. You know, first of all, if someone in corporate America told their boss, I'm immunized. And, yeah, he did Which do is that. what he, he said. <laughs> I'm immunized. This is caught on television, no less. I'm immunized rather than I'm vaccinated. <laughs> Second of all, because he's Aaron Rodgers, he didn't have to show any paperwork or anything, which, you know, they're still investigating how that would happen. But, you know, that's the other thing is that he put this person, whoever this person was, who was responsible for, for verifying his vaccination status in an uncomfortable position for their job. Because, mm -hmm. he, because he's so powerful in the team, you know, what's to say he didn't cow this person? And they said, you know what? It's just not worth it. I don't want to lose my job if he says it. I have. To, I'm just going to take his word for it. I'm sure that investigation is going to go nowhere. It'll go nowhere, and then when they do find somebody, we'll think of it this way: because the, all roads are going to lead back to Aaron Rodgers. The fine was three hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. Forgot which one for the team. Fourteen thousand dollars for Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers is a player that makes $1.5 million a game. Okay. And they find him $14,000. If you're going to figure that out, I guess he was fined a commercial in the game or something like that. And then that's relative to what was CD Lamb, right? Who was, he was, he was uh, fined like $48,000 for like a t shirt. No, night shoes. I think he wore Puma and Jerry Jones has a Nike sponsorship. He he, he endangered absolutely no one's life with that decision. Um, And isn't there a player right now that's like fighting for his life in the hospital because he was exposed? And this was a breakthrough vaccine. The Vikings uh, in Minnesota, it was a breakthrough. Uh, Quite a few players uh, tested uh, positive. And one player was hospitalized. He's out now. But uh, he spent a good part of the week uh, in intensive care. Uh, they were very, well, thank very goodness he's out of the body. hospital. That's that's a horrible thing to go through because of selfish decisions like the one Aaron Rodgers made. And, and think of it this way. And I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers caused this young man to be in the hospital. I'm just saying decisions like like Aaron Rodgers' decision is what causes these sorts of things to happen. You're in a huddle. Your job is to bark out uh, plays, scream out plays. Um, when you get in that huddle, you're literally a foot away from somebody's face. You're all there face to face. I mean, really? He he didn't he didn't think of this. And then to get a, a mere slap in the wrist. But they're I, I not think thinking about, yeah, but they're not thinking about other people. They're only thinking about oh. themselves and their own immune system. And we're not <laughs> that's the problem with 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 our society right now, is we're not thinking as a nation. We're thinking as a nation of individuals, and we have zero sense of community responsibility anymore. And that's why we are where we are now. Well, you know, again, this is this is a different set of rules for the elite. Um, you know, if, if John, if let's use that famous co- corporation that uh, we used to see back in the cartoon days, in the old cartoons, Acme Corp. Let's not shame any companies, but if if uh, John or Jane Doe did this for Acme Corp. And uh, they, you know, lied like this. Uh, John or Jane Doe would be out of a oh, job. Oh yes, right they'd now. be out of a job. Not only would they be out of a job, but the HR person responsible would also be out of a job, giving preferential treatment to uh, somebody for whatever reason, whether they're difficult, not difficult. None of that would fly. Well, none maybe, maybe not, because nowadays you've got everyone, you know, fighting somebody's fight for them. What's to say the employee decides to take the employer, Acme employer to court. And well, you it's, traumatize it's just, me. Yeah, you, 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 you caused you, me you, a rash. You, call, you called me out and you know, pain and suffering and yada, yada. Yeah. Speaking of privileged Americans, J.P. Morgan's billionaire chief executive, Jamie Dimon, was allowed to skip Hong Kong's strict 21-day hotel quarantine rules because he runs, quote, a very huge bank with key business in Hong Kong, the territory's chief executive, Carrie Lam, said. Diamond flew into Hong Kong uh, on J.P. Morgan's private jet, becoming the first Wall Street bank boss to visit the territory or mainland China since the pandemic began. Questioned about why Diamond was allowed to enter the territory without complying with coronavirus rules, Lam said, the justification is related to economy, as this is a very huge bank with key business in Hong Kong. He needed to come and work for about a day in Hong Kong, but there are restrictions, including restrictions over his itinerary, so the risk is completely manageable. Hong Kong is pursuing a COVID zero strategy alongside China and has imposed some of the world's strictest travel rules to keep the virus out. Measures include mandatory hotel quarantines of three weeks for any resident returning from the UK or US, regardless of vaccination status, followed by seven days of self-monitoring, I guess, except for, or unless you're Jamie Dimon. Well, first of all, let let me ask you a thought question. The rich do live differently. Okay. You you, want to hear something funny before you start? So, you know that show Succession? Yes. So, the, the writers for Succession, they actually said that they were not going to change their uh, script to include masks and and, mm-hmm. and 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 protocols and so forth mm-hmm. because the 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 virus did not affect the rich the same way it affected um, everyone else. So I just think that it's interesting that <laughs> so said so done. That said, however, however, if we are going to go into the fictional rich, 
billions in that in that metaverse. They did wear masks and profit off of COVID. But I guess that was part of the theme that they were profiting off of COVID. But there were a few masks, uh, especially minor characters. If you had a major part, you just did not wear a mask. But a, a lot of right. the minor characters. That's right. That's right. Well, the background around. people wore masks. Yeah, everybody in the background is wearing a mask, but you. Again, this this kind of goes very well together with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Is that if you're the it's a different elite, set of rules for yes, the elite? If yes, you're the elite. Hey, you know, maybe there's a there's an exception for this or that. Now, this is the thought question I was going to ask. If whatever for whatever reason you're to go see Jamie Dimon. Would you rather meet him with a mask that he wore a mask, or would you not want to wear a mask just to talk to Jamie? I mean, you mean myself? Like if I were to right. meet Jamie, so Diamond? all of a sudden Jamie Diamond who wants to have a meeting with us for whatever reason, he wants to know how you like the, his bank, okay? Which is to <laughs> talk about fiction, yeah, okay? So, so Jamie wants to meet with us. Would you want to wear a mask? Not want to wear a mask? Would you want to see his expressions? I mean, what would you want to do? I'd wear a mask simply because I, I want to protect myself. I mean, this is purely a fictional question, but regardless, you know, we would, I, I don't think I would ever have occasion to meet Jamie Dimon. But if I did, I'd wear a mask because I don't live in a world where I assume, like a lot of people behind that were think that they're impervious to so many things. I don't live in that world. And I cannot assume because these people are meeting with so many different people. And for all they know, they may not be affected, but for all they know, they may be carrying it, the, the virus around in their, in their nasal passages and then give it to poor me. No, thank you. I'm wearing my mask and I'm maintaining my distance as well, much as um, possible. I'm sorry. Do you I'm, I'm that, not that virtuous. Do you remember that, that, that press conference or it was like a meeting or something where Giuliani was trying to encourage mm -hmm. this young lady, she was testifying or something to take her mask off. And she's like, he's like, take your mask off. They can't hear you. And she's keeping her mask on. And she's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Because she didn't yeah. want to take her mask off. That would be me. I'd be like, I'm not taking my mask off. Sorry. <laughs> I would. I, I must admit, I would lose all virtue if I had that opportunity. Um, I would. Go you mask. take your mask off. Well, yeah. Good for you. I go, I go, you know, I, I'd say, look, I took the vaccine uh, and, you know, I, I'd play the odds. Um, Let me tell you, I had COVID last year in, in March when everything mm -hmm. went um, belly up. And, and that virus is no joke. So mm -hmm. I'm never going to play with that again. But, you know, people who haven't really suffered the effects, you know, for them, it doesn't feel as um, real and it doesn't feel as serious. So, I mean, I can understand in that situation where you feel like if you take that risk, I, I just never want to feel like that again. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's my stance and I just wouldn't do it. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. From the lower nine to uptown, mid city to the West bank. We got you covered. New Orleans, WHIV 102.3 FM. And we're back. And some, some more COVID news. Both Pfizer and Merck have come out with antiviral drugs for those infected with COVID-19. Pfizer's drug is called Paxlovid, and it's a protease inhibitor like the drugs used to um, treat HIV. Merck's drug, Molnupiravir, is an antiviral that works by interfering with viral replication. Now, Pfizer and Merck are allowing their drugs to be used in poorer countries. Pfizer is allowing the generic version of its drug to be produced in poorer countries. They said that they will allow the generic manufacturers to supply its experimental antiviral COVID pill to 95 low and middle income countries through a licensing agreement with International Public Health Group Medicines Patent Pool or MPP. Reuters reports that the voluntary licensing agreement between Pfizer and the MPP will allow the United Nations-backed group to grant sub-licenses to qualified generic drug manufacturers to make their own versions of PF0731332. Pfizer will sell its pill to manufacturers under the brand name Paxlovid. Pfizer, which also makes one of the most widely used COVID vaccines, has said the pill cut the chance of hospitalization or death for adults at risk of severe disease by 89% in its clinical trial. 
the drug will be used in combination with ritonavir, an HIV drug that is already available generically. Pfizer's licensing deal follows a similar arrangement by rival Merck for generic manufacturing of its COVID treatment molnupiravir. The deals are unusual arrangements that acknowledge the dire need for effective treatments as well as the pressure drug makers are under to make their life-saving drugs accessible at very low cost. Charles Gore, the executive director of the MPP said in an interview, we are extremely pleased to have another weapon in our armory to protect people from the ravages of COVID-19. Of course, <laughs> of course it makes sense. Send the barely tested drugs to the poorer countries and save the vaccines for the first world countries. Maybe that's a, you know, maybe that's a, a harsh I, I, thought. I, I don't know if I- Maybe I, that's a harsh thought, but that was about my- me? When I get it here, am I gonna get a break? But uh, you're not gonna get it because you've got the vaccine. Well, what, you, but, you, you know, what, what if I get a breakthrough? What if, what if I- uh, Okay, if you get a breakthrough- On my way back from Jamie Dimon, I If you get a breakthrough, oh. Okay, so if you get a breakthrough of right. that magnitude, that means that he had such a viral load that knocked you on your backside that you need something like that. Um, it's not that it's not available here in the U.S. Right. But so my question is, why aren't they why aren't they making the vaccine as accessible as they're making this drug? Is it because right. it's not as safe? Well, and effective? Pfizer came up with a statement on that. I, I believe uh, today. Uh, and uh, they're saying that doing the vaccine is not as easy as just replicating a drug. It's just a compound that the vaccine has to be done in a special way, refrigerated in a special way. I just think Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, my, Because then my, you have to yeah. supply them with those sub-zero refrigerators yeah. and all that other stuff. But that's it just not doesn't... the way I think. The way I think is that if they do give that, they're going to give away the secret. Both Pfizer and Moderna are going to give away the secret sauce. Aha! And it's going to enable that technology Aha. to be used and replicated. And people are going to leapfrog years of research ahead. And hey, they paid for it. They own it. And uh, there there you go. Remember, Pfizer did not take money uh, from the federal government. They, they went on it on their own. Moderna did take some monies, of which they're desperately trying to return all of it right now. <laughs> Um, every day they say you want it back, and the federal government says nope, and uh, and uh, they're battling in court over some of that stuff right now. So interesting, interesting. Okay, so I take my my statement back, my my bitter, harsh statement back. Now I understand what's uh, what what's going on here. But you know, so there's a lot of questions about this molnupiravir because the drug itself you know, it, the way it works. So it interferes with viral replication. And basically what it does is um, it litters the, the virus genome with mutations until the virus just can't reproduce. Um, last month, Merck and Ridgeback officials announced results of a clinical trial that found giving the drug to COVID-19 patients early in the disease reduced their risk of hospitalization and death by 50%. Pfizer's 90, by the way. Well, yeah, 89%. That's yeah. much better. But the but the protease inhibitor, that's also tried and true technology. Mm -hmm. The drug's ability to mutate RNA has raised persistent fears that it could induce mutations in a patient's own genetic material, possibly causing cancer or birth defects. Studies so far have not borne out those fears, mostly because the studies haven't been long-term enough. Now, William Hazeltine, a virologist formerly at Harvard University known for his work on HIV and the Human Genome Project, suggests that by inducing viral mutations, molnupiravir could spur the rise of a new viral variant more dangerous than today. Quote, you are putting a drug into circulation that is a potent mutagen at a time when we are deeply concerned about new variants, said Hazeltine, who outlined his concern in a Forbes blog post. I can't imagine doing anything more dangerous. Now, I can see where the science in this could go awry, and I'm not sure this drug will simply stop just at viral DNA. I would stay far, far away from it. The vaccine, on the other hand, that profile is fairly safe and better at preventing serious disease to begin with. You know, an ounce of prevention, you know what I mean? An ounce of prevention, a pound of cure. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on this? My my thought is right now the the Merck one the Merck vaccine the more dangerous uh, pill 
the more dangerous one, is the only thing available right now. In about two or three weeks, the Pfizer product will be out on the, let's call it on the shelves, it'll only be really in the hospitals, mm -hmm. but it'll be available in the hospitals. And at that point, I just hope that, you know, if you're a physician out there and you're listening to this, that you're going to opt for the Pfizer pill. I would feel a lot better taking the Pfizer pill if I had the disease right now, uh, a breakthrough infection. And yeah, I start the Proteus inhibitor really technology, that's just been around so long and it's been so effective and it's really saved a lot of lives. So it's so just got a safer For me profile. personally, if the choice was Mark or nothing, I'd go Mark. If the choice was Pfizer or Mark, I'd say, give me Pfizer right now. That That's me personal, my personal, not endorsing it or... If I had to choose between Merck and nothing, mm -hmm. I'd choose nothing. I choose life. I choose I choose a home remedy <laughs> over because because at least the home remedy is, be is no harm. Like no, because it would be no harm. Excuse me, he has gotten better. No mm -hmm. harm, no foul. Didn't he didn't he just play this weekend? Yeah, he's, he's back. He's so back. Okay. He came back With time. a home remedy, it's no harm, no foul. With this, I would just be worried about the, the cascading effects of and look, I've got of uh, genetic mutations. I don't want anything destabilizing my gene, my genomes and in, in, in creating potential risks for me down the line. I it's just it's just not worth it. But I'm not a physician, I'm not a virologist, I'm not a research scientist. And the views and opinions expressed here do not represent anybody but my own views and opinions. So I'll just state that out clearly. I am not comfortable with that technology. Okay. And I wouldn't give it to my little one either. Now, on to the next story. The good news so far, speaking of vaccines, which again is the best alternative. And then if you have the vaccine, you don't really have to worry about, unless you have other comorbidities and you have a breakthrough infection, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. The good news is that nearly 900,000 US kids under 12 have gotten their first COVID shot so far. That's great news. Um, Children age 5 to 11 received their initial dose of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine during the first week of eligibility for that age group, the Biden administration said. Not only that, nearly 700,000 more are already scheduled in the coming days. So this is great news, yeah? I think it's amazing news. Uh, from what I've heard, um, almost 2 million children have already, um, uh, small children between 5 and uh, 11, have already uh, taken that jab. Uh, Many without crying, as you said, uh, not not like me. Well, she shed a tear. Not like me, who blubbered. Uh, but very uh, funny. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's that's fantastic news. And again, getting onto the business side of things, because my mind always goes there. Um, uh -huh. This is great news for Pfizer because now Pfizer is the first to market with the the uh, child, but with the child of that age group. So what that means is. We all kind of made the decision. I know a couple of people who varied, but most people who take the Pfizer first dose will take, obviously take the second dose be Pfizer, but, and also start doing the uh, Pfizer, you know. That's uh, true because once you, once you start with a, with a particular vaccine, it's not like the flu vaccine where it's just kind of dealer's choice, whatever your, your doctor or your pharmacy has. With something as proprietary as this, you sort of get brand loyalty. Yeah. And it's like you've got your camps now. You know, well, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like Survivor. You've got your boss. It's yeah. like, you know, this is my I, team. I think if it does, well, team Pfizer. Yeah, well, that's one. And the other thing is if, if it doesn't kill you, it must be okay. Um, you know, if, if you take the first dose and you're okay, and then you take the second dose and you're okay, then you figure, hey, let me take the, let me stay with the brand that, made me okay i haven't gotten sick blah 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 and you just follow that progression however you know being first to market here gives you a huge advantage because you already have millions of people yes. that are getting that jab in their arms and then let's let's keep multiplying this out let's say that this becomes a once a year event that we all need booster shots every year or every six months or every six months then you're starting to talk. So let, let's 
let's multiply that out by somebody who's only five years old, six years old. Over a lifetime, yeah. <laughs> Over a lifetime of taking that product, then, uh, you know, then I'm not even stopping there. Let's, uh, I think Moderna is doing a combination flu slash vaccine. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not terribly comfortable with that. Well, I think I think be separate. I think you should. I think you should space them out. I think you should not mess with your immune system that way. I mean, if you're if you're an elite athlete and you've got the best money and care that you uh, that you can get your hands on, and you want to take that risk, sure. But I just I'm I'm not comfortable with that. So no pepperoni on your pizza. That's you, not the same should. thing. It's not the same thing. I'm just saying that it's it's too, you know, your your immune system needs time to process. Yeah. Right. Um, this is a new thing that your body is is um, having to deal with. And it's got to produce these antibodies and it's got to boost, you know, if you've never had it before. Yeah. Do you really want to throw the the flu vaccine on top of that while at the same time? Well Again, there's the science and there's what I think. So I'll start out with the science says it's okay that the body's going to absorb it fine, blah, blah, blah. What I think personally mm -hmm. is no, I'm not going to do it because I'm, I'm with you. I think your body does need. Yeah, I think we need to respect the, we need to respect our body and respect our immune system and give it the time and the space it needs to do its work. That's that's my stance on it. I agree. I agree on that. You and know, if you're a hard charging and you want to kill two birds with one stone and you don't have that kind of time, then. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. That rosé you recommended was a hit. What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend? Your friends will love this refreshing sparkling wine. <laughs> Perfect. Wow. That price is refreshing too. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine and More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Think responsibly, B21. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Shoot your shot, but I, I'm, mm -hmm. just, I'm just not going to do it. I I just don't think it's a good idea. You know, this reminds me of something that happened to me um, last year. Um, I had, I think I had the flu shot and then I went and I had some Botox. <laughs> don't say a All word. Right. Don't say no a secrets. word. I had, I had the flu shot and the Botox in the same week. Mm -hmm. And then, not, not even the same day, the same week. And then what happened after that was um, I started getting like these really bad dizzy spells. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing was I went back to working out too soon. And that mm -hmm. that probably was, you know, uh, another contributing factor as well. But in any event, what happened to me is I ended up developing. Um, what is that? Dizzy spells. Dizzy spells. But it's got a specific name. BPPV. It's mm -hmm. positional vertigo. That's yeah. what I ended up. And man, I couldn't I couldn't sit up. I couldn't lay down for weeks and weeks, you know, sometimes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Sometimes I could barely walk in a straight line. When it first happened, I could barely mm. walk in a straight line. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, you know, I went to see a neurologist and I did the MRI and my brain was fine, but it just, I had to stop everything. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do downward dog. I couldn't do Pilates. I couldn't do anything because I was just so out of balance. If I turned my head when I went in my sleep, like if I turned from the left to the right or the right to the left, when I was sleeping, I ended up with a horrible dizzy spell and then I couldn't sleep. The quality of my sleep for weeks and weeks was horrible because of this. Mm. So I'm just saying that just because um, you're healthy uh, doesn't mean that you should mess around uh, and challenge your immune system like that. Cause I think what happened to me is my immune system was like, make up your mind. You want me to do, you want me to process the flu? The influenza, do you want me to process the botulinum? So I, based on my experience with what happened to me, and that wasn't even in the same day, I would just, you know, space it out. Well, I, I think you have every right to feel that way. I think probably the science is against you, but the reality of what happened is there. But what we're also seeing, you know, in the, in the if we want to take this down to the misinformation world, which we're, obviously what you're saying is not misinformation, because it did happen to you. Oh, absolutely. And you're not saying that this is how the science is. You're just saying this is what happened to me. And, yeah, I'm not saying one and, size fits all. And buyer beware. But, you know, we, there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, people take a vaccine and then all of a sudden they diagnose with X, Y, Z or they couldn't do ABC to their girlfriends or whatever. And then all of a sudden the, the vaccine does everything from impotence to other serious side effects, which we all know is not true. Right. Uh, infertility, you name it. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a rumor for each, each. Uh, each oh, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not endorsing that. I'm not, you know, trying to spread a rumor. I'm just talking about what happened to me and I'm just, you know, putting it out there as a cautionary tale because look, as you know, I'm like a, I'm a very fit, very active person with no comorbidities. And that happened to me. And I'm just saying, I'm Sounds just like me. I'm just saying, you know, you should be very careful. You should be very careful. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying that it could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying it could happen. So I started talking about um, um, where uh, Wisconsin is in terms of vaccination. And I was saying that there, there are 50% of the population fully vaxxed, um, which is, you know, it's not as bad as West Virginia at 41%, mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near a state like Vermont, which is almost 72% vaccinated. So I just want to go through mm -hmm. this list of, um, this is from uh, Becker's Hospital Review of the, as, this is as of November 11th, states ranked by percentage of population fully vaccinated. So I'm just gonna run down this list here and give you the number of people vaccinated and the percentage of fully vaccinated. So um, number of, of fully vaccinated people in Vermont and they're the highest is 71.8%. So they are approaching herd immunity, which is 75% of their population. That's 448,000. Uh, and 60 people. Rhode Island, I, I'm going to skip the number of people and let's just get to the percentages. 71.4% uh, mm -hmm. fully vaccinated. Maine, 71.2. Connecticut, 71.1. Massachusetts, 70.16. New York, 67.35. Stop giving the good ones. Let's go to the bad ones. I want to shame some areas. Well, I'm getting there. We're going down <laughs> the list. New Jersey, 66.89. Maryland, 66.46. Washington, 64. Virginia, 63.74. New Hampshire, 63.41. Seems to be a lot of east and northeast. but Yeah, Oregon, 63.29. Here comes the west. D.C., 63.22. New Mexico, 62.62. Colorado, 62.18. California, 61.94. Isn't it incredulous how these populous states are? Anyway, mm -hmm. 
in my opinion, not doing as well as they could and should be with all the, the pushes and all the, you know, the, the policies and, and the money, frankly. Um, did I say Minnesota? Minnesota, 61.65. Pennsylvania, 61.34. Illinois, 61.1. Delaware, 60.49. Florida, 60.25, which is surprising. I thought it was actually less. Than I thought it was a lot less than that because you always hear these comparisons, Florida versus California, mm -hmm. and how nobody gets sick in Florida. And we all think it's, well, maybe it's because they already all had it. But, um, you know, it's, when you look at Florida and California, only two percentage points are, are yeah, separating really. them. Yeah. After all that. And all that effort. <laughs> Hawaii, 60.18. Wisconsin, as I said, 58.76. Nebraska, 56.63. Iowa, 55.99, almost 56%. Utah, 54.43. Michigan, 53.88. Texas, 53.83. They're about where I thought they'd be. <laughs> Kansas, 53.71. Arizona, 53.65. Nevada, 53.53. South Dakota, 53.5. North Carolina, 53.3. Alaska, 53.12. Ohio, 52.27. Kentucky, 51.2. Ohio surprises me because that's a high-tech state. But well, Ohio is is a is like a, a blue. I'm sorry, a red state with pockets of blue. So what know, are they? Are they you, considered you a have Cincinnati, state? you have Dayton, you have and the that's Ohio probably, State and that area probably is what makes up that fifty-two percent. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I've spent some time there, and it, uh -huh. you know, there's a lot of high-tech, a lot of industry, a lot of military. I, I just but also when you, but also when you have a a, a, a more educated populace, you're going to have divert more diverging opinions. I, you, you are right. I there's a very educated anti-vaxxers there that I personally know mm -hmm. that have all this, you know, did my own research type stuff, which yeah. I'm not a yeah. big believer in, but they did do their own research. Moving on. Montana, 51%. Oklahoma, 50.63. South Carolina, 50.5. Missouri, 50.19. Indiana, 50.13. Georgia, this is surprising, 48.78. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand that. Tennessee, 48.69. Arkansas, 48.49. Louisiana, 48.08. North Dakota, 47.99. Mississippi, 46.24. Alabama, 45.24. Wyoming, 44.59, which that's a bit surprising. Idaho, 44.43. And West Virginia, 41.12%. Well, one of the things that that does strike me is that in the states where there's a lot of land but not a lot of population like idaho mm -hmm. i'm just throwing it out there maybe it's because people can't see their neighbors or live far away from their neighbors so they feel like somehow they don't need to take precautions where if you live in an urban area where you're basically walking mm -hmm. on top of the person next to you and, and living taking, on top of the person and you're taking the subway to work right I think you, you get a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I remember years ago when I went to Japan, I got a completely different perspective. People were wearing masks on subways. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I kind of said, huh? And I, I wondered why. Well, they wear the mask because they're sick and they're, they're considerate and mm -hmm. they don't want to pass their infection on to other people. And so that's why they wear their masks. It's out of consideration for others. Mm -hmm. Right. All right, we should probably take a break and we'll be right back. Frenchman to Oak Street, Tremaine, Gentilly, and the CBD. V102.3, WHIVFM, the vibe of the city for human rights and social justice. WHIV, 102.3 FM. And we're back. This week's topic that I want to get into. It's it's relating to the COVID-19 vaccines for children. And it's basically, what's the real tea on myocarditis? Because it's no secret that many parents are deeply concerned about the risk of side effects from vaccinating small children age 5 to 11, namely the ever-popular assertion of risk of myocarditis. 
Now for starters, let's go over the official side effects list according to the CDC website. So those, those uh, symptoms are tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, fever, nausea, also pain, redness, and or swelling at the injection site. Sounds like I had all of them. Yeah, I didn't. The only one I had was um, uh, was muscle pain. Right. I had was, all of them to a degree, but not, yeah. Nausea also? I don't know about nausea. I think I was I was nauseous because I had a pain in my shoulder, but and I don't think you, that counts. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, so the interesting thing is, Dr. Vinay Prasad wrote an article for Yahoo News pleading with fellow pediatricians to have honest and nuanced conversation with parents about the vaccine's risks for children. So I wanted to understand what he was saying and what that data he used for his case was. But first, let's see what he wrote. He says, emergency use authorization was granted in this age group on the basis of a pivotal trial that is ongoing but has a relatively small sample size. This sample size is too small to document new or known adverse side effects that have been noted at other ages and at other doses. According to Dr. Prasad, myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle that can reduce the heart's ability to pump or beat correctly, occurs in about one per 5,000 cases of vaccinated boys aged 12 to 15. If myocarditis occurs in boys aged 5 to 11 at the same rate as boys 12 to 15, a study of this size would not be able to document that. We are flying blind on a side effect that parents need to be informed about. But, but where does this figure come from, this one in 5,000 cases of vaccinated boys? He references an article in Stat News that is looking at different FDA models based on data that changes based on the number of COVID cases at a given period of time. The numbers he's putting forth come from FDA's reference to a database of United Healthcare Insurance claims. But to me, in my very unofficial opinion, that data is flawed because I think we all know to some degree that uh, to get insurance to cover claims, sometimes paperwork is fudged. Oh, yeah. And, and you're only looking at adverse effects. You're not looking at all the things that went right. So some things that are not uh, that I didn't see in the article um, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, things that I would kind of want to see there. Number one is this is the vaccine that was given to everybody, adults, teens, Children are getting the same right. vaccine. It's not a new form. And they're getting a much smaller it's, dose. This is just dosaging studies. Mm -hmm. So dosaging studies are a lot different from the regular study. The regular study has tons of data. Then as we start going down the population, different sizes and, and you know, men versus women, et cetera, et cetera, and age groups, you start getting dosaging studies. Now, those, those studies are still important. And, you know, you could, given too high of a dose, come up with a new side effect. But I, I didn't see it. Number two, when, when people start citing incomplete data or data that's, as you said, insurance company data, this is not scientific data. This right. is subject to a lot of errors. Right. It's subject to coding errors. Mm -hmm. It's subject to interpretation errors. Right. Um, okay, everybody had the vaccine, but, you know, uh, something else came in. Did this person have it before? None of that data was, was available. So insurance data, mm -mm, as you said. But he doesn't say that. He doesn't make that clear when he takes that one piece out of that mm -hmm. uh, entire article. Which, by the way, they gave numerous different data sets of different types of information, but he focuses on that one. Now, this is not like mm -hmm. I'm not trying to trash this doctor. I'm mm -hmm. just looking at what okay. he's saying. Right. So finally, he writes, mm -hmm. the trial was not designed or able to assess whether vaccinating kids for, of this age at this dose slows asymptomatic disease or spread of COVID to other household members or for adults who care for these kids outside of the home. Listen, I'm no clinician, but I have to say that I'm not certain what the point of what this consideration is. Is he referring to younger siblings? Is he talking about family members that are unable to get vaccinated? I hope he's not talking about adults because I haven't seen in the U.S. data showing children spreading COVID to adults. 
Healthy children under age 10 don't even have the angiotensin converting enzyme, the ACE receptors at that age for the disease to even get a strong foothold. It, they just don't have it. So, I mean, I, I'm just not really sure what that even what, means. What it means. But okay, let's let's also look at the data in another way. Um, Nijam, JAMA, The Lancet, um, BMJ, all of these have been around for 200 years. They have a very rigorous peer review process. Right. And even though they have a peer review process, every once in a while, you do get errors. They catch the errors and they retract them. That's interesting that you said that because he also cited uh, a journal that the, the, an, a journal article that was not peer reviewed. Right. So right. I just wanted to put so, that out there as well. So not casting any shade on Yahoo. It's a great organization for getting news out quickly and widely disseminating stuff. But to make a, a medical decision based on something you read on Yahoo, I, I find that a little difficult. And again, it, it's read by millions, and a lot of people look at it, and it's like, oh, there must be something there to it. No, uh, there, there's nothing there to it, because once you got, start looking at the studies for Nijam and other places, they throw in a different set of figures. Obviously, either an error was made, somebody had a point to make, I don't know which was which, but the peer review process on Yahoo is not the peer review process. Well, this was like an op-ed he wrote on, on Yahoo. Okay. I don't, I'm not familiar with the journal that he, he, cite, he used to cite his information, but the one in 5,000 claim mm -hmm. that he put forth that was based on FDA looking at mm -hmm. several different data sets right. of scenarios. So like, for mm -hmm. example, if there were a thousand cases of COVID um, and a thousand people were vaccinated, how does that change the data? If it was 500 the next day and a thousand. So it's like the, the, the data jumps all over it the place and they're just the looking place, at but, different, but, data, uh, I, I, looking gotta, at different scenarios. And in some I, cases, <laughs> It looks like it's beneficial to have the, the vaccine. And in some cases, it looks like it's not beneficial. So they're looking at all of that and putting it all together to create one set of data that they, you know, can draw a conclusion on. But I, I, I got to go back to criticizing the source. And the source is not Yahoo. The source is the doctor. Right. He should have known better. Yeah. Um, th this was not, this is not responsible journalism. Because well, most he's not people, a journalist, but I know what you mean. Most people are just going to look at the symptom and say, oh, my God. It's there, like you may as well have just read it. You may as well have just read this on Twitter. Or, yeah, there's or a problem. So now we're in an environment where 30 percent of people are about 30 or 40 percent of people even are vaccine adverse. Uh, you know, have decided I'm not going to take this vaccine. And they're just grasping for straws. Any news that'll prove their case. So now here's somebody with MD after their name who's citing data that while it isn't necessarily wrong, it's out of context. Yes. It's it's not it's not a complete study. It's just some data. Right. You, you know, it's it's like it's like uh, looking at a I mean it's uh, a database of claims. Right. It's like making your mind uh, about a baseball season after one at bat. Oh, I saw him at bat. He looked horrible. He's horrible. You know, it's 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 that kind of thing. Or, you know, I'm glad you brought up the uh, New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, let's let let me. I you know, I just decided to go and and look at that because I wanted to just delve deeper into it. So researchers search uh, researched the database of Clalit Health Services, Israel's largest healthcare organization. That's where the original data set came from for diagnoses of myocarditis in patients who received at least one dose of mRNA vaccine. The diagnosis of myocarditis was adjudicated by cardiologists using the case definition used by the CDC. So according to this data, out of more than 2.5 million vaccinated healthcare organization members who are 16 of years of age or older, 54 cases met the criteria for myocarditis. Do you hear that? Out of two and a half million vaccinated people, 54 cases met the criteria for myocarditis. So the estimated incidence per 100,000 persons who had received at least one dose of vaccine was 2.13 cases. The highest incidence of myocarditis 
was reported in males between the ages 16 and 29. So between the ages of 16 and 30, essentially, in males, that's what you're seeing the, the bulk of cases. Does that extrapolate to children 5 to 11? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Um, and he does make a case that we don't have enough data to, to, um, to, to look at that. Mm-hmm. But uh, by and large, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the science and say that the benefits of the vaccine outweigh those very small risk from what I'm looking at of mm-hmm. uh, myocarditis. Right. And, you know, in, in, in a controlled clinical trial, the patient is evaluated before then you evaluate the patient after. This was not really controlled clinical trial. Now, I'm not saying the data should be ignored, but I'm just saying it wasn't done in a controlled environment. We don't know how many of those people had the condition before, that they went for something else, it was diagnosed afterwards, et cetera, et cetera. However, the percentage is very, very small. And by the way, about 76% of those diagnosed with the myocarditis were described as mild and 22% as intermediate. So that's just food for thought also, that of those who who did develop myocarditis, Mm -hmm. they recovered. One case was associated with cardiogenic shock, which is a rare but life-threatening condition where your heart suddenly can't pump enough blood to meet your body's needs. Now, let's look at the, you, you, you mentioned JAMA. I, you know, I just wanted to, to bring up. Uh, JAMA, Nijim, well, Lancet. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I didn't look at the Lancet, but I did look at uh, Nijim, and now I'm looking at the uh, JAMA, internal medicine. So researchers examined the incidence of outcomes of acute myocarditis after COVID-19 mRNA vaccination in a large community health system. During six months of follow-up, there were 15 cases of myocarditis now, this is stateside. This is America. The previous one was Israel. Um, there were 15 cases of myocarditis among the 2.39 million Kaiser Permanente Southern California members who received at least one dose of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So that works out to about one out of every 172,000 fully vaccinated uh, mm-hmm. people. Interestingly, the affected patients were all young men under the age of 40 with no prior cardiac history, and they were discharged within a week of conservative management. These results parallel prior studies that showed incidents of post-COVID-19 mRNA vaccination myocarditis primarily in young men who have recently received their second vaccine dose. They go on to say, overall, vaccination-related myocarditis was a rare and mostly mild adverse event. Data from the vaccine adverse event reporting system, VIRS, indicated that it is not unique to just the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. Moreover, this risk is small when weighed with the morbidity and mortality of Mm. COVID-19 infection, in Mm. which up to 28% of hospitalized patients showed signs of myocardial injury. So in other words, you have a higher risk of myocardial injury just getting COVID versus taking the COVID-19 vaccine. Just, just putting that out there. Putting that out there. And it could be that the uh, person got the uh, myocardiosis through a breakthrough. Who knows? But what the point that I'm trying to make here is, you know, when they say do your research, that is important. But do your research does not mean take do, one your article. Own, do your own doesn't clinical take, trial. Right. It doesn't do mean, get all this data. It doesn't mean listen yeah. to Pookie from... <laughs> yeah. You listen to your from, from Twitter and, and all that. What do your research should mean is... It's kind of what we just did. Yeah, when we just we at, went, we found the articles and we're giving them to you here. You know, somebody, yeah, exactly. Somebody makes a claim and then we look at those claims and try to figure out what validity they have by looking at trusted sources. Yes. And those trusted sources of people or organizations that have been in this business for 200 years, 200, you know, before the, some of the first articles in the Lancet, I, I worked on an archive for them one time, were about Vaseline and curing yourself with Vaseline with cuts and all that. I, I mean, you know, and it's gone all the way forward in time to, to now looking at clinical trials. These organizations have tons of doctors with, with zero conflicts of interest looking at all this data 
they're only giving you top level data. Stop looking at the conspiracy flying saucer here theories here, people. Just look at the core facts, please. And I'm not even going to tell you what the core facts are. Just look at what the core facts are from Nijam, JAMA, BMJ, The Lancet, all those publications. And there's a whole host of other society publications, society websites, infectious disease, the Journal of Infectious Disease, all of those places have a lot of data. Look, look there first. If a doctor is telling you something, they should be able to point you to where the source is, right? Like that would be the responsible thing to do. So back to Dr. Prasad's case for being honest and having a nuanced discussion, which he's right. You should have honest and nuanced discussion, but nuanced discussion doesn't mean you take one piece of data and you extrapolate that and turn that into an entire article. I think that's a little disingenuous and a little, you know, trying to make your case. I don't want to call him irresponsible, mm -hmm. but you know, that's the word that comes to mind. And um, you, you, people, you've got to do your research. And I'm not saying it like the pat, um, you know, comment that people keep saying, well, I did my own research. What's your research? Mm -hmm. Where did you research it? Here we are, we're giving you sources of this information, actual sources that you can go on the web and look up yourself. This information is free to the public. You are free to go and look it mm -hmm. up. And, um, you know, you've got to make sure that you're informed. You've got to empower yourself mm -hmm. with information and you've got to ask critical questions. Right. And, and when you do hear people talk, remember the fact that when you hear four statements that someone makes in an article, all four of them have to be right, not three out of the four. So let's look at some of these statements very quickly. Were the trials rushed? The answer is yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Were the trials a little smaller than they normally are? The answer again is yes. Did we do the pediatric trials, one on top of the other, on top of the other? And are we doing dosaging trials at the same time that we're doing efficacy trials? The answer to all of that is yes, but it's yes because this is a deadly disease. It sprung up out of nowhere. Well, not well, out of nowhere. Out of China. Well, we, <laughs> so we're not we'll going to get into that conspiracy theory next week. We're, we're not getting into we're not getting into the origin story here. I think yeah. that's old news. Well, sprung up out of somewhere, to, and know? we're we're not going to we're not going to go there. Because yeah. it's here now. And yeah, it's, it's here you know, now. Yeah, you're right. There's it's no point sprung in, up in somewhere. There's no point in looking back. You know, it, it sprung up all of a sudden. It's killed millions of people worldwide. It's affected a lot of people's lives. And it's still killing people. It's still killing people, as you say. Every day there's a death toll here and there, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a terrible disease. We're trying to stop it. It's highly contagious. One person can get 40 people sick in a, in a real hurry. Yeah, super spreader event. Absolutely. So, so those are all things we have to look at. And those are the reasons why some of these things were done. I can't stress this enough. I know I'm, I'm being repetitive here, but you have to make, you have to avail yourself of this information because nobody, I mean, nobody is going to look out for your health the way you are. Nobody. That's all the time we have today. Thanks so much, Lou. Um, you know, Jack, we hope you make it back soon and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time. The, I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Sarah's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. Driving cross-country with two young children is ambitious, to say the least. 
Then our check engine light came on. We pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts and they tested it. Turned out it was a faulty sensor. They referred us to a great mechanic just down the street and we were back on the road in no time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.